bringing you the best in athletic competition. This is WMUA Sports. Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Ball Banter. If you were tuning in on the radio, thank you for being with us here on this beautiful Friday afternoon. Before we dive right into some NBA plan analysis, I would like to give a big shout out to my friend Devin, who's sitting right next to me. He's the reason that we have all the stuff around us. He is the reason that we have any affiliation with WMUA. So I want to give a big shout out to my friend Devin. Thank you again, Devin, for starting, helping us get this whole thing started. Really appreciate it. I also want to give a big shout out to the sponsor of this show. So this radio show is made possible in part thanks to the Five College Movers. Five College Movers, based in Massachusetts and Connecticut, has been provided stress-free moving since 2009. You can reach Five College Moving at fivecollegemovers.com or by calling 413-687-1738. Again, that is 413-687-1738. So enough thank yous. The last thing we wanted to do before we actually get right into the show is introduce all of the hosts to our many, many listeners out there. So hi, everyone. My name is Chris Rodriguez. I'm a sophomore marketing and sport journalism double major here at UMass Amherst. I've always had interest in radio. I absolutely love the NBA. I love the Celtics. And what better way to do that, to combine those two things by getting on a radio show with all your friends and talking about the NBA. So I'm really excited about this. Um, But now I'll pass it over to my roommate, friend, and now co-host, Sean. What is going on, guys? My name is Sean Sears. I'm a sport management and sport journalism double major now. I uh, used to try to run a podcast. Did not turn out well, but now I'm back at it, running it again. And what better thing to talk about than the NBA postseason? Some great games that happened, but I'm going to turn it over to Devin right now. How are we doing? Uh, you know me, Devin Dobeck, uh, one of the voices of UMass Hockey. Looking forward to hopping on this basketball show, becoming a little versatile. Um, I'm a marketing major in Eisenberg, sophomore as well. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to making this a regular thing. It's going to be a fun time. Taylor? Hey guys, I'm Taylor Lee. I'm currently a sophomore, a sports journalism major. So as you can tell, my interest definitely lies in sports. I'm currently the sports editor at Amherst Wire, if you ever check out our work. And I actually grew up as a Memphis Grizzlies fan because of the grit and grind Grizzlies. And then eventually moved to the IT Celtics. Now I kind of root for both teams, but I always lie with the Celtics for sure. Not going to like what I have to say then. <laughs> wow. You're going to love what I have to say. Can't wait. Excellent. I also want to throw in the fact that Taylor is the best sports editor at Amherst Wire, so definitely check out his work. He's great. Um, But let's get right into it, guys. So this past week saw the Nets beat the shorthanded Cavaliers 115-108. to The Minnesota Timberwolves beat the Clippers 109-104 to and have an absolute celebration right after, which was very, very interesting. So both teams move on to the second round there. And in the 9-10 and matchups, the Hawks decimated the Hornets, who have now lost plans in back-to-back years, so they are now eliminated. And the Pelicans eliminated the Spurs 113-103. to So my first question goes out to Taylor. Which participants in the play-in tournament are the biggest threats going forward? So team-wise, I'm not huge on the Pelicans being able to beat the Suns. I just don't think it's possible. But I like the way the Pelicans are headed right now, especially with how well C.J. McCollum is averaging career high in assists and points now, now that he's the leader of a team and no longer waiting for Damian Lillard to give him the ball. I'm not saying Damian Lillard's a bad player, but he was always playing second fiddle. Uh, Brandon Ingram is just absurd. He's the next Kevin Durant in every way. He looks like him. He plays like him. It's crazy. Uh, Herb Jones, to me, is slept on. Herb Jones is an elite defender. He came out of Alabama. He's got crazy ability to just poke the ball out when he's covering somebody. His wingspan's ridiculous. Everything you could want in a defender, it's Herb Jones. So I think New Orleans gives Phoenix a tough, tough time. Maybe takes them six games, gets them a little bit tired before the next series, which 
might be big for whoever they end up playing. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Timberwolves. I think that their big three is just fantastic with D'Lo, Cat, and Anthony Edwards. Three guys that lit it up. Anthony Edwards definitely was fantastic in that game. Had 30 points, 5 of 11 from three. Uh, he really did a number uh, in the playing game. And I think going forward, Memphis, they're still young. Uh, they have a coach who's arguably runner-up for Coach of the Year in Taylor Jenkins. Uh, they had a fantastic season, but they're still young, not a lot of experience. And I think that just Cat, D'Lo, and uh, Anthony Edwards will be too much for them in the first round. Uh, my pick out of the play-in, I'm banking on the Hawks coming out tonight on top. Uh, I love the Hawks' offense. I think it's very unstoppable. Uh, they have one of the best offenses in the league, and that's clear. And I really think they can make some noise uh, against the Miami Heat in their first-round matchup. Let me go back real quick. Devin, let me just throw it back real quick. You think that the Timberwolves are going to beat the Grizzlies in the first round? I think it'll be interesting. I think that they're the biggest threat. That is such a cop-out. You think, you think it'll be interesting? Or you think... I think it will. I think, okay. it will. I okay. think it'll be interesting. You know, I can respect that. I'm also going to go with Sean here. Hawks, honestly, haven't even technically moved on yet. So I, it's kind of a stretch to say, you know, they're the biggest threat because they can't even be a threat yet. But I think the Hawks are going to... Uh, I think it's going to be a close game tonight with the Cavaliers. I do think the Hawks are going to pull it out because they have a better offense and they have the best player, you know, in the game, um, in that particular game. And they haven't, so they haven't moved on yet, but they have playoff experience. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. And against Miami, a team that has struggled to score at certain points throughout the year, like, I'm not going to say that the Hawks are going to upset the Miami Heat. The Heat are a better team. They have a very, they're better coached. Um, they're going to have, you know, home court advantage. But I will say that, if there is a team that I really wouldn't want to face in that first round of the Mi- if I now that I'm the Miami Heat, I would not want to face the Hawks just because the Hawks can really outscore the Heat in a way that the Cavaliers really can't. Like Darius Garland, I love him, but the Hawks, like their offensive firepower, like if the Heat go cold, they could like, you know, lose a few games. So I think I honestly see that that series going, you know, six games. The Heat are the better team, but you know, the Hawks could definitely make some noise. So I'm going to have to agree with Sean on that one. But uh, I'm also going to transition over to the player that impressed you the most during these playing games. I'll go. I'll, uh, I'm going to go with Darius Garland. I know their team lost, but on a young Cavs team where everybody looked kind of lost, Evan Mobley was really struggling. Chris Levert really struggled, and Jared Allen was gone. Kind of took somebody to step up. And while everyone else was struggling, Darius Garland slowed the pace of the game down. He made some threes. And in the fourth quarter, it was pretty clear that he's their best guy. And any hopes that they have going forward goes to him for sure. Uh, I touched on it a little bit in Anthony Edwards um, in the Timberwolves game. Uh, they were down pretty much all the way until the fourth quarter. They, I believe they were down eight going into the fourth quarter. And uh, they were able to come from behind in a big game against a Clippers team who's sound on defense. Um, of course, Pat Beverly had a chip on his shoulder for the Timberwolves in that game. And uh, uh, Paul George, though, you think he'd be able to stop those guys, especially with the lead going into the fourth. It didn't work out. Anthony Edwards had a few big shots down the stretch. And, yeah, that's why he impressed me the most. Yeah, I'm, I'm still riding the Hawks wave. Trey Young has become an incredible playmaker. Uh, he wasn't shooting that well, but he only scored 24 points when we know he can drop like 40 a night. He ended with 11 assists, though. That just shows whenever he gets doubled, and you do need to double him, that he can dish the ball and find his team. So I'm sticking with Trey Young and the Hawks. It's Anthony Edwards. It, it really is Anthony Edwards. I mean, he is the same age as all of the guys sitting at this <laughs> table, and he is currently backpacking his team and I think what really stood out for me at least was Carl Anthony Towns like I, I don't know what was going on in that yeah. game I mean he was I think he fouled out yeah he too. fouled out early he was clearly rattled 
And I mean, with he's the best player on the Timberwolves, yeah. and he fouls out. And Anthony Edwards, he can't even buy a drink yet. And the man steps on the court <laughs> and drops thirty. And I mean, there was a lot of other you know impressive performances. D'Angelo, uh, D'Angelo Russell was great. I mean, he dropped thirty. He had like eight assists. Patrick Beverly for all the shenanigans was also great. Like mm-hmm. he, they wouldn't have yeah. won the game without his defense. But I mean, for Anthony Edwards to go out there at twenty years old and drop thirty points in like what feels like a game seven atmosphere, like that's. That's really impressive. I'm not going to lie. To me, the most impressive thing of that Timberwolves team is D'Angelo Russell. Not just for that game, but a couple of years ago, D'Angelo Russell was kind of an unwanted commodity. Everybody was moving him around. Golden State just moved him for Andrew Wiggins. And it just kind of looked like Minnesota was getting him just to keep Carl Anthony Towns happy. And then all of a sudden, he's become a really good defender. In the same way that Marcus Smart communicates to everybody what their assignments are, D'Angelo Russell did the same exact thing. And what really stood out to me was at the end of the game where it's the wild celebration, which I'm totally cool with. It's the wild celebration. And then they're interviewing D'Angelo Russell. He just says, we expect it to be here. We were supposed to win this. We're supposed to be in the playoffs. And I think he's just so important going forward for those teams that he's on. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I want to touch on that really quick. What did you guys think about the whole celebration after the game? That There's like come on they didn't win the championship like that was a little too much getting up on the table like that's a move that's made by veter- veterans um patrick beverly does not like deserve to get up on the table after a play and win come but to on. that that to that end um you know the clippers and you know his obviously you know serious drama with them so for him to do that was definitely showing a lot of emotion uh, i'm not saying i approve of it but you know you can only imagine what was going through his head against his former team yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm not going to lie. When I was first watching it, I was like, who the hell does he think he is? He's like jumping on tables. He's whipping out the Bud Lights in the post-game press conference. <laughs> like, But at the end of the day, first of all, it gives us something to talk about. Like, We're all talking about it. He kind of did his job. Like, He wants to be talked about, all that good stuff. And it's like, have fun with it. Like, we, we, There's so many you know, analysts that are just like, oh, he's not giving his full effort. He's, he's not like showing enough emotion. People always like criticize Tatum for that. Like, let the guy have fun. I mean, he's getting paid millions of dollars to, like, you know, play basketball and enjoy himself. If he's enjoying himself, it was very entertaining. That, that is one thing that you can't really dispute. Yeah. Whether you think it was too much or not, that's up to you. But I, I thought it was very entertaining. Um, I love Fat Bev, personally. I think he's, I think he's great for the game. Um, Hard on his sleeve guy is awesome, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it really is. It really is. Um, but before we keep on, keep this show rolling, uh, we're going to get into the first round in a little bit right here. But... I want to get everyone to go around and give some plan predictions for tonight's game. So I'll start us off here. I got the Hawks beating the Cavs in a close game. Cavaliers are at home, but I think Trey Young's too much um, for that team. They're not going to be able to keep up with them scoring wise. And I got the Clippers dismantling the Pelicans. I, I don't think I don't think there's a chance that the Pelicans come out of this one. Yeah, I absolutely love uh, Reggie Jackson and Paul George when I've mm-hmm. been watching them late in the season, and Norman Powell to add right coming into the playoffs he is a bucket off the bench and that is clear in his performance uh in their last game i also have the hawks coming out that offense is just insane second best offense in the league i don't think the Cavs can stop them without jared allen it's just impossible yeah not to sound like a broken record i'm gonna go atlanta but um definitely cleveland could have a shot if jared allen was playing of course he hit the ir and then colin sexton back in november having those two pieces out is just not going to benefit them in any way Hawks are going to cruise through that one. Um, and it's same with uh, Pelicans. You could argue they have Zion, uh, who also went down a while ago, uh, that they're going to be able to have a fighting chance in that game. But Paul George and Reggie, like you said, way too much uh, for CJ and Brandon Ingram. Yeah, I got the Hawks winning as well. They're saying Jared Allen right now is questionable to play 50-50. Wow. That would be a huge, huge. addition for yeah. them. 
if he doesn't play though, I think Atlanta beats them. They were just rolling. They're smooth. Like you said, Trey Young is that guy. It's fun to watch. And then I got the Pelicans winning over LA. I like LA a lot. Their roster is super deep, but I'm a big Pelicans fan. Like believer. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. He loves Brandon Ingram. <laughs> the next KD. He, he, he does love Brandon Ingram quite a bit. That is a hot take. Uh, but we're going to move on to the first round. I think one of the best parts about the first round this year is the fact that like there are just so many like great great teams this year. I, I think it's the highest the NBA's like the highest amount of talent the NBA's ever really seen. Um, so there are a lot of options for this next question that I'm going to direct over to Devin here to start. Who is the player under the most pressure? Not in this first round, but just in the playoffs in general. I think that the obvious answer is James Harden. I mean, when you think about you know how he's kind of turned into a diva, he started humble beginnings, OKC six man off the bench. Kind of went to Houston and lit it up there. Took him to a couple Western Conference Finals, um, but always said that you know his supporting cast wasn't enough to help him. Um, and so finally, he you know complained and complained. He winds up in Brooklyn. Nothing good goes of that. He gets dumped out of there. Winds up in Philly. Now you're playing with arguably an MVP candidate and Joel Embiid, probably the front runner. Um, and you're playing a Raptors team. Uh, who arguably is the hottest team in basketball. I think they had the best record in the NBA the last month of the season. Um, so I think that it'll be a huge uh, series, but James Harden definitely under the most pressure. Uh, finally has all the circumstances he could want, and now he's got to prove that he can win. Yeah, I got a little bit of a different take on like who's in the hot seat for these playoffs. I got John Morant. Because the Memphis Grizzlies without him, I'm not counting that last game against the Celtics. They had everyone out. So we're going to say 20-4 and four without Ja this season. And I'm going to run some stats by you guys. So the defensive rating with Ja Morant was 112.3. Without him, it's 104. Offensive rating with Ja Morant was 114.5. And, and without him, it's 117.6. This young team proved that they could ball without their star. And I'm... Like, if John Morant doesn't show up and the Grizzlies don't make it to the Western, Western Conference Final, there's going to be questions asked if John Morant can really lead a team or if he hurts the Grizzlies. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. I, I strongly disagree with that. John Morant is still very young. It's a young team around him. I, I don't think it's necessarily uh, Western Conference Finals or bust for them, but I, I will say it, it is a little bit shocking, the numbers, without him. I think the obvious answer is James Harden. I'm not going to say James Harden because I knew someone was going to say that, but James Harden is definitely under the most pressure. But I'm going to go with Chris Paul. Now, Chris Paul has been having a great year. He, uh, you know, he's been a top 10 player this year. He's been a top 10 player the past few years. He's changed the trajectory of many franchises, any franchise he really touches. But it doesn't last forever. You know, like he turns 37 on May 6th. Uh, DeAndre Ayton's going to be a restricted free agent this summer. Cam Johnson's restricted free agent next summer. Like the Clippers, uh, Nuggets, Lakers, uh, who knows about the Lakers, but all those teams are coming back healthy next year. Like this team needs to win a championship now if he wants to add that to his resume. This is going to be the best chance Mm -hmm. he he has. Like they're the best team in the NBA. He's arguably the best player on the best team in the NBA, even though a lot of people are arguing for Devin Booker right now. But it is Chris Paul. Uh, I think he's under the most pressure because I think this is his last chance to really have a good shot at winning a ring. Like It, it doesn't last forever. It feels like it does because the Suns are that dominant this year, but it's not going to last forever. I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler as the player under the most pressure. I like it. This is his third team in, what, five years? Like Everything's kind of coming to a head. We, everybody saw the spat with him, Spolstra, and the timeless Udonis Haslam. Teams are slacking off of him now because he's shooting 23% from three. Like if, if he shows out for these playoffs like he did in the bubble, maybe they can continue to build around him. But if he struggles, they might ship him off and just focus on their young talent, build in a new way. 
Yeah, I, I like that That's answer a lot. That's a great take right there. Yeah. Because, yeah, in the bubble, he went on a tear, and people were talking about it big time. They were thinking he was the best in the league. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I love the take. Luke Campbell, if you're listening, uh, there you go, right there. Your guy, Jimmy Butler. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. You're listening to Ball Banter on 91.1 WMUA. Thank you guys for being here. We'll be back in a second. All right, we're back. Thank you guys for sticking with us here. So we're going to dive right back into the first round. Um, and here we go. So which high seed is on upset alert in the first round? Sean, I'm going to start here with you. There's a lot of great candidates. Like I said, the playoffs are very competitive this year. But which high seed is on upset alert in this first round? I got the 76ers going out. I got the Raptors coming in. And I have a very impressive stat by Pascal Siakam. Not having his best season ever, but three games against the 76ers this season 30 points per game 8.7 rebounds per game eight assists per game shooting 50 percent against the sixers this sixers team is under a lot of heat they're, they're in the hot seat for sure with the whole james harden stuff um and putting up an mvp season uh but this um raptors team is very exciting as devin said earlier hottest team in the nba coming into the playoffs what a great like time to heat up they couldn't have done it any better Devin, let's see your take. Uh, this one pains me, but the Celtics, um, they're definitely on the upset alert. Uh, this developing rival- rivalry between the Celtics and Nets has been one that's really fun to watch, watch especially with all the Kyrie drama um, and, you know, how it's like playing in Boston for him. Um, but Robert Williams going down is huge for the Celtics defense. They're really going to struggle, especially Andre Drummond uh, in the paint. He's a guy who's going to grab all kinds of rebounds. And Horford and Tice are going to have to scrap together a way to contain him because without that, he's just going to get board after board and they're going to get second chance buckets and it's really going to hurt. And then you got Kevin Durant, who arguably is top three player in the NBA. And, you know, he's one of the best scorers, some people will say, of all time. But that's for another show, we'll say. Um, So, yeah, they're going to have to really pull together Tatum. He's been uh, known to be inefficient in the postseason, so he's going to have to start making some shots down the stretch, and uh, hopefully they'll be able to eke out a win, but I definitely say that they're on upset watch. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Sixers as well. It's just Toronto is a very deep team. They're all 6'9", 6'10". They still have veterans like Siakam, Van Vliet, Ananobi, who have all been there, done that, and Nick Nurse is just an annoying coach, and I mean that in the most complimentary way i can i got jalen green stats right here he's averaging like 30 a game over 10 games he plays toronto suddenly gets eight points it's just what nick nurse does he takes away your best player he ruins your day whether he picks james Harden or joel Embiid, i don't know but he's gonna just annoy them yeah not sound like uh, a broken record here i'm also gonna go with the 76ers and part of that is my hate for philadelphia in general i just <laughs> despise the 76ers in general so i'd love to see them get bounced in the first round but Really what it comes down to for, to for me is like lacking Matisse Thibel is something that is going to be really tough for them uh, in Toronto because he's unvaccinated, so he's ineligible for all the games in Canada. He'd be the one guarding Pascal Siakam. Now, Pascal Siakam is not even the first or second best player in the series. It's James Harden and Joel Embiid. But like, what is up with James Harden? Like, If you watch him with the 76ers, he just doesn't look right. Some, something isn't right there. He, no. he's, he's shooting like 4 for 14 three for 13 like i saw jalen rose the other day say that he looks like he's going on like tour dates he's like the the numbers that he's put or the shooting percentages he's putting up are just terrible he has like six turnovers a game he doesn't look like the guy that i think they traded for 
And also the the length of the Raptors is was it is what does it for me. Like Joel Embiid has struggled against the Raptors, who all their players are like six six to six ten with like seven feet wingspan. Like they don't really have a really big guy, a really short guy than like Fred Van Vliet. Uh, but you know James or not James Harden, sorry Joel Embiid. He shot 40% from the field against the Raptors in four games this year. Like, that is atrocious for the guy who we think is going to win the MVP, or at least I, I, at least I think he is. So I, I definitely think it's the 76ers, and Doc Rivers blowing 3-1 leads. Like, I, I will never really trust Doc Rivers in a playoff <laughs> series, unfortunately, even though he did win that ring with, for the Celtics. So uh, I definitely think it's 76ers as well. But before we transition into who I'm presuming is all of our favorite teams in the Celtics, uh, I would like to hear the series that you guys are all looking forward to the most. Definitely Celtics Nets. I just think that that Kyrie, you know, episode is just one in its own. Uh, I enjoy watching, you know, the Garden like boo him every time he touches the basketball. That's like one of the best things in sports, especially the city of Boston. You know, rallying behind a player, um, and you know he did do us dirty. So hopefully we can collect a few wins on him. Um, but yeah, I also wrote like that would be my obvious answer. Probably our four obvious answers. Um, but Sixers Raptors. Um, we've all talked about it. Uh, I think the Sixers will win, but I think with the Raptors being hot and, you know, Fred Van Vliet is going to have to really just have unbelievable series uh, if the Raptors want to have a chance. But, yeah, those two uh, My pick is a uh, different take. It's Warriors-Nuggets. I want to see what Jokic can do uh, in a series. And, um, you know, with Steph coming back uh, sometime during the series, it should be very interesting between those two teams. I feel like... I don't know. The Nuggets are kind of like this underground team. No one really like knows anyone else like on the Nuggets except uh, Jokic. But other players like Barton has been hitting shots for them. Uh, I'm really excited to see what they can put up against the Warriors. Yeah, I also have the Warriors. I just I'm so excited to see the big three again. It's been literally years at this point since we've seen them in a playoff series. If they still have the same chemistry in a playoff series now, I'm really interested to see that. Plus. Jokic is just always fun to watch. He's always, in my opinion, he's the MVP. He's just <laughs> the offensive engine for everything he touches. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, K- Kevon Looney, uh, he might get cut after this first series. Like, Jokic <laughs> is going to put up like 30, 15, and 10 against him. So if the Nuggets have any chance, uh, it's going to have to be on his shoulders. It, if Steph Curry is playing, if he's not playing, I, I honestly have the Nuggets coming out of that series. I'm also going to go with the Sixers and, or, sorry, the Celtics and the Nets is probably my series that I'm looking forward to the most. But I have, a, I have a dark horse candidate for that as well. Like the Grizzlies-Timberwolves series is going to be really That's fun. That's what I'm saying. Like, there are some really high flyers in that game. Like you got Anthony Edwards, John Morant, a lot of young talent. And let's see what Cat can do like in kind of a series that he needs to bounce back from. I mean, I, again, I was shocked that that was how he kind of started off his playoff. And I'm putting you know, asterisks around that because the plan. But playoff series, like that first game, that was not a great introduction to his you know playoff career. But I... I'm really looking forward to that Timberwolves-Grizzlies series. Yeah, um, especially Cat's uh, got Steven Adams on him. That's not an easy guy to go up against down low at all. Steven Adams has proven that he is one of the best rebounders in the league, and he's going to put up a fight against Cat and make it really hard for him to score, I think. So, 100%. But if he goes, I, I don't know, if he has another game like he did in the plan or he has like a series like that, like there's going to be a lot of questions in Minnesota. But thank you guys for talking first round here, and now we're going to transition into some Celtics takes. So, what do we think about the Celtics? Like, how, how do they match up against the Nets? I'm going to start with you here, Taylor. I saw you just wrote a piece on the Amherst Wire about how Tice replaces Robert Williams. Um, so you had a lot of great points in that article. But how do the Celtics match up against the 
Brooklyn Nets. So you touched upon it yourself in your article as well. It's it's all about Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. How much can you contain them? How much can you defend them? Can you can you double them and prevent them from making that easy pass? And to me, the X factor in this series is Bruce Brown. I think it's funny that he talks about Daniel Tice and Al Horford and being able to go up against them and just contest them like he can't with Robert Williams. But I think he's sleeping on how good Daniel Tice and Al Horford are as just paint defenders. They're not going to jump up and block you, but they don't move. If you watch them in the paint, they don't move. They stand exactly where they are. They can test you. They get the rebound. And I've always seen Daniel Tice do that weird thing that all rebounders do where he puts one arm on you and he gets the rebound with his other arm. It's like a classic rebounder move. And if Bruce Brown can make that right decision on the short roll against Daniel Tice and against Al Horford on a regular basis, we might be in trouble. And if Ben Simmons comes back and he's that short roller off of a pick for Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving, then he's flying to the hoop or he's making that pass, which he's proven he can do, we're in trouble. Marcus Smart's going to have to have an incredible series. I mean, a guy who's really going to have to shut down Kyrie, it's going to be not an easy task. Kyrie against Boston is very good. And you have to tip your cap at the end of the day because he's playing in an environment that absolutely hates every inch of him. Uh, And he has shown that he can do well in the spotlight. Um, But I'm really coming down to the Jays, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Uh, Jason Tatum, he's my most love-hate player in boston sports history i just when he dribbles out the clock like the last shot clock at the end of a game and throws up a step back there's nothing that breaks my heart more than that uh i just he's got to realize that he's got a lot of great depth around him a lot of other great guys that can shoot you know you got pritchard naismith off the bench um jalen brown of course and those guys are gonna have to make big shots too and i think tatum's gonna have to have uh a good amount of assists if they want to win this game he can't do it single-handedly yeah, uh, Jalen Brown is, I think, the biggest factor in this series for me because, obviously, we got KD against Tatum. We saw that uh, in the last game against the Nets. It was unbelievable what they were putting up against each other. But Jalen Brown, this second half of the season, especially later on, he went on a huge 25-plus game streak um, where he was just putting up numbers. He puts up buckets. He's showing that he can be the second-best player on a very good team. Um, but really, I want to talk about the defense, the best defense in the NBA, obviously taking a huge hit uh, with Robert Williams out. But Marcus Smart is that guy. He can defend Kyrie Irving. We saw Kyrie Irving put up a perfect half against the Cavaliers. I don't think that happens against Marcus Smart at all. Marcus Smart is one of those annoying guys that you love to have mm-hmm. on your team, but you hate to play him. It's impossible to like put up insane numbers against Marcus Smart. You just can't do it. So... That's who I'm really looking forward to in this series. One of the things I'm most looking forward to is after so many years of having our point guard be kind of a defensive deficiency, having it be Marcus Smart for once is going to be so fun to watch. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. First off, I want to say that I want to give a lot of props to Ime Adoko. First, for like you know turning the Celtics around, turning almost what feels like a big cultural shift around. Uh, I thought it was a really bold move, you know, playing for the two seed. They didn't play, they didn't blow the game against the Grizzlies. I thought they should have, but they didn't. Um, it was really impressive for me. Like he says, we're going to go after the two seed. We're not scared of anyone. And I think you have to do that as a first, like mm-hmm. first year coach. Like earn the respect of your players, earn the respect of your peers. For me, Ime Doka has really done that. Um, great, great coach, and I think it's the Celtics defense that will prevail in the end. I got season seven. Uh, I'm I'm nervous. Like I, I am <laughs> I am having a heart attack yeah. every single day. I'm researching. Every little Celtics post that comes out, I mean, I'm really nervous. I'm really excited. For Jason Tatum, this is really his chance. Like, if you want to be top 10, you want to be talked about, like, in the top five even, you got to win this series. You got to be better than Kevin Durant because if Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown outplay 
Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, like the Celtics are going to win that game because so much of the Nets team is just based on the fact that they have two better players than you do and we're going to beat you because we're more talented. Yeah. And so, an, yeah. Another X factor is Ben Simmons could be back for game four. That's another guy that could really give the Celtics a problem. Um, he's going to be a guy that's going to probably have limited minutes coming back off injury, but when he's in the game, he's going to be a force to reckon with. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to touch on Jason Tatum. Um, we saw since the start of his career that he doesn't back down from the big moments. Obviously, that dunk over LeBron in like one of his like first playoff like series, um, huge. Like he doesn't back down in big situations. He knows he's that guy. If he brings that confidence into the, to this Nets series, like he knows he can go out there and outscore Kevin Durant. It is possible. We saw it in the game uh, against the Nets. So uh, I'm this KD against Tatum back and forth is going to be something absolutely unreal for all like basketball fans to watch so yeah it really is and before we wrap up here i will say i hope ben simmons comes back because i think he's going to be absolute garbage like he hasn't <laughs> played in a, in a year i can't wait to see what he does i think the moment's going to be too big for him but i'll leave it with that go season seven um that's what i'm rolling with thank you guys so much for being in here with us uh, i want to thank taylor Devin, and sean for joining me here we're trying to make this a weekly thing so join us every Friday at 11, at least for the rest of our semester here at UMass. Again, thank you guys for listening in to 91.1 WMUA and have a great day, guys.